0: Yes, yes,
1: yes, 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 yes! That was a goal! Striker!
2: Eat that! What? And another! Bing bang,
0: stick it in! Thank you and good night! What? That was liquid football! Uh, shit! Did you see that? People okay. Tina, please
1: be nice.
2: <laughs> Tina, be nice. Ah, uh, Is that his career over now?
0: Tina, be nice. That's be nice.
2: Tina, shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> it worked. It
1: worked. It didn't, she stared a fucking hole Nothing through
0: me. Hold open.
1: <laughs> I can hope so, I can try. I can sure as hell try. Uh, yeah, hello everybody. Uh, it's your old friends in Monday Madness and welcome to the latest episode of the That Was Liquid Football podcast. Woo! Woo! The Premier League might be over for now, but uh, football is still happening. It's literally happening right now because we're recording this during the Champions League final. Definitely not scheduling class, we totally meant to do this, incidentally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because we just thought like uh, just podcasting on the go would be uh, the smartest thing to do for a football podcast. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Bert, but and Neil. Um, how have you been enjoying this uh, this festival of European football?
0: Uh, I've been grand.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: it's been all right.
1: I mean, that's good. <laughs> A lot. It hasn't been. It hasn't been no wordy at all. It's been very, very quiet, hasn't it? Like it's been just a, a run of the mill Champions League season. No shocks. No stuns. Nothing like that.
0: Uh, yeah,
3: sort of. I mean, we're down to the final. The finals like Bayern and PSG mm. right now. So I don't know. I think I kind of want Bayern to do it. Mm-hmm. But then again, they've got a fair few players that I fucking hate.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm
3: the I'm the opposite of PSG. Uh, yeah, I'm the opposite of PSG. Like their <coughs> whole concept. Yeah, yeah, something like this. Like <laughs> their um,
0: their
2: semi-final between disgustingly favourite drink Leipzig and um, and PSG. Like that that is just like which team do you hate the least?
0: Absolutely. It's kind
2: of a given that you give you hate both of them, but like. Which one do you hate the least? I think that's the match that caused
3: Richie Sadler to go fucking viral with that one minute. Yeah. The one minute is one minute. Yeah. And it's just basically like one is just a marketing arm of a drinks brand and the other is <laughs> just a sports watching exercise for a regime that's been accused of human rights violations. So like, if, if you consider winning as a proponent of how a club is run, that this isn't a match that you're gonna enjoy. <laughs> like, I just I really really oh. like that. Yeah. You know, I love after yeah. after so many weeks, months actually of watching BG commentators literally suck the fart sediment out of any English team's crack. Um I just it's just brilliant, you know. It's just yeah. I, I fucking love it. It's
1: it uh, again I, what I love about it was a British reaction too, where people were going like <laughs> oh, that's what a pundit is.
0: Oh, I was is with this
3: fucking... match analysis?
0: Is, is this what they're actually let's, let's
2: claim him as one of
1: our own? Yeah, no, no, they can't because he saw the item come up. He played for the Ireland under 18s in the third. <laughs> <laughs> checkmate, checkmate, Britain. Too
3: bad they were that fast off the mark with Katie Taylor. <laughs>
1: oh, that's yeah, to that's not, anyway. Uh, let's <laughs> Move on to the podcast. Uh, we're going to start off uh, this show, as we always do, with a round of transfer guff. Uh, see so again, this is going to be an ongoing theme of the show, ladies and gentlemen, but this is about Barcelona. Um, so, again, I have uh, found two stories that are um, somewhat plausible from reputable sources, and I mixed them up with one of my FIFA save file um, epics, if you like, and a <laughs> to decide uh, which is the fake. So, okay. my top story tonight comes from Sports, which, as you all know, is a Spanish publication. And they're reporting that newly promoted side uh, for the Premier League, Fulham, Scott Parker's Fulham, I should say, are looking to capitalise on a potential Barcelona exodus with an audacious move for Gerard Piquet. Now, Piquet would need to take a significant pay cut to join Fulham, sorry, Scott Parker's Fulham, uh, but it's believed that the player has unfinished business in the Premier League and he is tempted by the offer. So, Fulham. According to sports. Fulham. Full ham. Okay. Uh, uh, My second story comes from a Dutch publication. Publication? I accidentally went to the Dutch accent there. I'm sorry. Um, (coughs) Dutch publication, (laughs) The Telegraph, which uh, is Dutch for The Telegraph. uh, And they reported that Luis Suarez's representatives had made contact with Eredivisie champions, Ajax, over return to the Dutch club. Uh, Suarez is obviously 33. He's looking to return to an old club he feels. Uh, extremely fond of for a brand new challenge, and that's essentially why he's uh, in talks with them. And my final story then comes from uh, Brian Swanson of Sky Sports News, and he is suggesting that Man United have made inquiries to sign Sergio Busquets on a cup price deal. <clears throat> now, I say cup price deal, uh, the cup price is on the fee only, so uh, it'd be a very nominal fee for Barcelona to offload uh, Busquets to make way for other midfielders on the way, supposedly. But if Busquets wants to leave Barcelona, Man United have to match his wages. That is the the caveat to the deal. So, uh, according um, uh, to Brian Swanson, Man United are in for Sergio Busquets. Um, And the other two stories, just to confirm, to to remind you, uh, Jared Piquet are in talks to sign for Fulham, or Luis Suarez is in talks to rejoin Ajax. So, um, what do you think of those three stories, team? drive I've...
3: bollocks, Ken <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I know what you I, I know you're you're correct in that assessment, but one of them is actually bollocks.
3: Um,
1: I will go with the Busquets one to Busquets United Yeah. All right. What would you, Berko?
2: Oh, what a fucking save! Um, mm. I'm gonna go with um the Fulham one because what?
1: <laughs> what? what? Come on, stop. Okay, right. So my first real story is the one that you didn't fall for, which is uh, Luis Suarez to Ajax, which is supposedly very close to happening. Um, and apparently,
0: apparently, him going
3: back to Amsterdam, him wintering in Amsterdam again. Have you ever been to Amsterdam in the fucking winter? It's yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> like there's no way he's going to do that. He's not going to do that. That's not fucking happening.
1: According um, to every I, source yeah. around Ajax, Luis Suarez is in talks to join the club. Uh, and that's his, oh, yeah. in a way, his retirement tour. Um, he's looking to try and go like, to, back to Uruguay after. Well, this. they
3: do want to Barcelona, which is a kind of a mm. topic I'll cover later on.
1: Very also. much so, in great yeah. detail. <clears throat> um, <laughs> my other um, fake story, or sorry, my real story, beg your pardon, comes from sports. And they are claiming that Fulham are interested in signing Gerard Piquet. <laughs> which means the fake story was Sergio Busquets to Man United. <laughs> oh, fuck just, just let, let that fuck. sink in, lads. That Fulham are trying to sign Gerard Piquet. Like genuinely trying to sign them, sign him, according Look, to right, Spanish Aren't papers. Fulham
2: aren't the Fulham the team that had like the statue of Michael Jackson.
1: The Arab yes. Club, yes, that is it is their so, kind
2: of. Do they repetition. do they want to add Shakira to their you know musical
1: celebrity Ooh, statues?
0: I in all fairness, it's a, better,
3: look, it's a it's a better fucking uh, call than Michael Jackson. Far less problematic. <laughs> uh, uh no. <laughs> <laughs> only only in one regard. Is that one regard. Yes,
0: yes, that's yeah. Fair.
3: In one yeah. regard, um, to be honest, like yeah, well it's just proof we live in the dumbest timeline right now i mean, like Ronald Coleman is in charge of Barcelona <laughs> uh, and Fulham are <laughs> trying to sign Jared Piquet I mean like
1: don't you love to see it you would love to see it yeah. maybe
2: we could see Shane Long playing for Barca yeah
1: we can only wasn't dream
2: Coleman, Coleman,
3: Coleman did spend
1: him. 15 million on them yeah yeah so you know he's, a, bit, he's
3: a huge fan of, he's a huge fan of somebody else who's he planning on Why? getting
1: in to replace Piquet my rejected... Michael, Michael, Kean Michael Keane was Keane. my rejected story, yes.
3: yeah. Yes, he's going to go get uh, Michael Keane in to replace Gerard Piquet.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing with that with that transfer oh golf, right? I had so many stories of Barcelona, I could choose between the arrivals or departures. And the departures was the most, like, implausible. So that's why I went for them. But the arrivals are, like, Hello? fucking Michael Keane, uh, Dinier from Barcelona, from fucking... Uh, Everton like this, it's ludicrous. Like he just wants to buy the Everton side. It's
3: mental. In all fairness, in all fairness, like when it <clears> comes <throat> to departures out of Barcelona, it's pretty much all of almost all of them.
1: More or less, yeah.
3: You know, I mean the, the entire bar we'll get into that when we come into the CODs. Mm. But um the that entire bar like names like obviously Messi, yeah. um Ter Stegen, obviously, and a couple of the other people that they've just bought in, so like Fatty
2: <laughs> Your man uh, from Middlesbrough.
3: <laughs> wait,
1: wait, Oh yeah, crucial. He's a crucial player. Lightweight. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> De Jong as well, isn't Dijon Luke D, uh,
1: yeah, uh, no, no, not De Jong yeah. Uh, not not largely De Jong. Yeah, I know who you're talking about though. Uh, De Jong. Yeah. It's a
3: mad. Dutch, it's some weird. Dutch it is name. De Jong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is.
3: It is. Yeah. It is a De Jong.
1: I just can't remember um, his first name
3: not a guy actually but um, yeah there's there's not a whole lot that's not for sale with Barcelona and even then um, I, think, I reckon if you came in with a decent enough offer for like Ter Stegen or Fatty they,
1: they'd, they'd probably say it, yeah this is it they
3: probably say yeah they need to they need to clear that they need to clear
1: it yeah they do and anyway, like I said we will get on to that later on in the show but first it is to get to our meat and bones of the podcast which is not the Premier League rundown because that's not happening yet but it's time for your vision lads We are we are Ooh, resurrecting
0: yeah. resurrecting an old
1: gimmick and an old jingle uh, because now finally it's happening again, and not only is it happening but it's literally happening every single day. It's like the World Cup, and I have to say I'm fucking loving it. <laughs> I know they're not going to be doing I do it. I, I, I will it's admit, so good. They're
3: not they're not gonna, they're not going to keep up the single legged uh, rounds knockout mm. rounds, which is unfortunate. But um, I have to admit, I have been loving the single legs. They really, so they, really, they really needed to keep this in. They really, really, yeah. really need
1: to keep this in. Like, I, I'd love it to be like, like as a were, like a World Cup thing, where like, oh, like this, uh, like we're gonna put the semi-finals in this city and this city, neutral grounds, bringing everyone together, big fucking football occasion. It'd be nice. It'd be great. Yeah. Um, oh, I like it. Yeah. That's so good. it's like a happy accident. Um, yeah. So the way they we're are, going to do they this, are like, they are hard,
2: talking about keeping it like
1: this for, the, for next year, at least. Yeah.
0: They,
3: they won't, they won't. It, won't. it won't last. No, there's
2: too much ad money to be made from it. Yeah, there's,
3: it's, t- it's a t- TV money. They, they make far too much cash out of the double legs. Mm. Like That's the reason why they were implemented in the fucking first place.
1: Yeah, true, true. Uh, again, in that case, you can imagine them going overboard and having a third leg in like the fucking Thunderdome or something like that. just to...
3: In all fairness, though, to them adding a third leg is more plausible than them reducing it to just the
1: one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, if they, if that, they want that, to keep afloat...
3: <laughs> that, that's how much the TV company and the TV revenues run the rule over fucking football right there
0: just tickling the ball. It's, it's
3: more likely in all fairness they probably will just take like a, a fucking leaf out of um, the NHL and mm. just have them like the, the NHL like the Stanley Cup playoff round they're like it's a best of seven yeah they have to win four games
1: <laughs> so like you know and to be fair if we get a best of seven of Barcelona versus Bayern Munich I am fucking all up for that I am all <laughs> up for that. That is just, just to watch Thomas and Do you want to go
2: into explaining
0: I am, do you know time?
1: what? I am actually going to go into quite a lot of detail about that. And um, so the way we're going to do it is we're going to do the Champions League, Europa League and the Women's Champions League. Uh, and we're going to start off in the last 16 in each. Obviously, the women's one has only started, so we'll go up as far as we can. Uh, and we'll just—I'll mention the matches, and if we've watched something, if something—if rem- we remember the match, even because some of this happened in the before times, uh, we'll just chime in with our thoughts on it. So, uh, first According match. To I
2: you, I will not remember.
1: No, no. <laughs> uh, and you've probably been watching all the matches as well. <laughs> it's is like yeah. this happened yesterday, Bach. <laughs> it did. I still uh, don't. Know. In
3: all fairness, she is shit
2: faced
1: Yes, in fairness. Uh, yeah, I
2: am on my third drink. I'll
1: that's fine. Call. That's good. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. So the first match I have on my list uh, from the round of 16 is uh, Dortmund versus PSG. The first leg ended up as a 2-1 win for Dortmund because of the unit and um, sprinting his way through the PSG defense. Uh, but PSG did get their um, comeuppance in the end. They beat Dortmund 2-0 uh, just before the lockdown. It's actually the, I believe it was the first um, behind closed doors match in Europe, which was uh, I suppose a feather in their cap if you want if you like. So, uh, again, not much to say about that match. That happened three months ago. Let's move on. Um, Real Madrid then uh, and Man City, uh, it was the same scoreline in both legs. It was 2-1, even though it was a three-month difference between the matches. Uh, I don't know what to think about this match, really, because like Man City were, like, okay. But I think it just kind of shown how, like, poor Spanish football may have become in the last few years if the, if, if the, if the reigning champions are, are like... Losing to Man City, who, as we all know, are not very good in Europe, they tend to overcook things.
3: Well, like Pep has been, I mean, he's, he's like you have to go back as far as 2011. I mean, he, wasn't he because they see won both legs here, didn't they?
1: Yes, 2 1.
3: Yeah, so you'd have to go back because that's that was Pep's first away leg win since 2011 when he actually went and won the fucking trophy with Barcelona. Yeah. That is The fact absurd, that he has to go back it? nine years. So the fact that, like here's how poor City are in Europe, that you have to go back nine years, just, oh, Pep is in Europe, you have to go mm. back nine years just to figure out, not when he last won the trophy, but when he last won on a way leg.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, he, he just, we'll get more onto it when we talk on, they crashed out in the quarterfinals.
1: Indeed, indeed. Get more on foot
3: about how they they just deal into, Yeah, Spanish Spanish football right now is a fucking dumpster fire. Indeed and Real, Real Real unfortunately aren't even the worst of the dumpster fires.
1: Yeah, it says a lot. Like, I mean, just. Where do you fucking start with either of them, really? But as I said, like we are, we are focusing on one over the other at the minute. I'm sure if everything went well next season, everyone would start turning to Real and start looking at Zidane, bail every single five minutes for reasons. Um, but I'm sure we, we'll, we'll talk about that when we need to. Uh, the other match I have then for the uh, round of sixteen was the fun team Atlanta uh, murdering Valencia. Yeah. 4-1 in the first leg in the before times and then the uh, return leg was a 3-4 win for Atalanta. Uh, <clears throat> again, they are supposed to be defensively quite good but they really don't show them the scorelines. They're just a fun team to watch. Uh, and uh, I'm actually quite glad to see them in the quarterfinals and I'm quite glad to see them in Champions League next year. I'd love to play them because I think they, they would be good fucking fun. But they'd be good fun to play against because like, all their defenders pretty much just walk up to the halfway line and stay there. It's yeah, um, so high up, like it's ridiculous.
3: It's like an intensely suicidal high line. Like they're literally, it's like a zero, four, three, three kind of formation where the zero yeah. is the defensive line. Not oh, the no goalkeeper. Uh, it, it, it works though. It you
1: have to. It does work. You can't. You can't say fair to like.
3: It's fucking well. It works to a degree. It, mm. you know, like when yeah, it comes up against so. a team that can like deal with. It's kind of like a heavy press mm. You know, Like you're just going to leave acres of space In behind there And that's what, when they eventually got put out That's all they did, they just knocked the ball over All of the, the <laughs> fucking team running forward Just going, yeah.
2: hang on, if they're I, up here I really wanted to watch them um, Every time they were on I to, had to have, like, you know I happened to have something on And I was raging because I've never seen A team play underwater before And I was so excited to see it But <laughs> Never happened. Didn't work out. Maybe next season.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, in fairness, I did watch the first leg uh, yeah, back like months ago, and I just said, like, oh, yeah, I should be watching these guys all the time. These are great crack. Like, Because um, it is exactly what Neil said. It's just, like, once they get the ball, like, in their half, it just, like, blitz forward. <laughs> they, just, they just take it and run. And the fact yeah. that they have, like, this kind of, like, Ricky Lambert-esque striker, Ilicic, just, like, running the show when he's, like, let's face it, he's, he's 45. <laughs> he's nearly, he's old. Like, he's very old. He's 34. I'm, I'm not saying he's 45. I'm joking. But he is a very old striker. But the fact is that, like, <clears throat> between, like, they have, like, six strikers. And I think the stat was, a 45 goals between them this season, which is nuts for a strike force like that. Like, you typically have, like, a, it's not as evenly distributed, you know, but the, even still, like, Illicit will come on and score four goals. There's a path will score a hat-trick from the bench. It's just, Crazy! Like, how did they do it? I don't know. Um, they'd have to be like, uh, like, uh, like investigated for like <laughs> for doping or something. I don't know. Um, so uh, another fixture that was done and dusted before the lockdown was uh, Atletico Madrid uh, and Liverpool. Uh, Madrid uh, very much like uh, was uh, utter shit houses to us in the first leg when we were we were fucking bollocks really to be fair. Um, and in the home tie then they beat us, uh, beat our uh, home streak if you want to count that. <laughs> Uh, after extra time because uh, Adrian uh, lost us the game and according to Liverpool Twitter lost us the Champions League final Uh, because clearly we would have gone all the way according to Liverpool Twitter and now according to Liverpool Twitter because Adrian lost to the Champions League we should replace him with Karius because his mistake in the final (laughs) was not as bad as the one against Atletico so when you're you're wondering why I'm picking football Twitter for the cut of the season uh, later on that's why because this, is, this okay. is the fake news that's going around now, okay? So, uh, moving on then, uh, was the, frank, quite frankly, the, the surrendering of Frank Lampard's Chelsea to Bayern Munich. Uh, it was a 3-0 from the first leg, and then uh, a couple of months later, Munich beat them 4-1. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't think there's much to say about that. Munich were really, really good. Chelsea were really, really bad, and they didn't really try. Yeah, they
3: are really, really good. And, yeah, Chelsea are quite, quite bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not even joking about the Birmingham thing. Really, been really good. We're seeing it right now. <laughs> they're they're doing they're doing bits at the moment.
3: I've been seeing this this whole time, um, but yeah, not like I didn't have a lot of hope for Chelsea. Not just because I disliked the team intensely, mm. um, but just with their defense. Yeah, the keeper. The defense, yeah. not even just Kepa. It's the whole defense in front of them. You know. Yeah. Like, if you want to, we'll, we'll chat a wee bit more. It's not all him. I'm like, yeah, he's posting up, like, a recordly low numbers for the mm-hmm. goalkeeper. But his defence in front of him just really aren't helping him out. Um, yeah, it's so, Like, it
1: just looks uh, like the Chelsea I, team just I, don't coach defending. No.
2: I was actually about to say that because, like, Kurt Zuma is, by all stats on paper, a very good defender until mm. he put on that blue jersey of Chelsea and became, like, <laughs> you
1: know a team footed man he's a fantastic player on loan he's terrible (laughs) he's
3: absolutely terrible but it's just the whole defence I'm like I read uh, Optistat there said that um, over the course of all the competitions 11% of all of Chelsea's shots on target have been within the six yard box
0: Mm. it's
3: like what? Like yeah. you're not like, yeah. how are you expecting your goalkeeper to save any of them? Like why why is like one in every ten shot on target inside your six yard box? That's just <laughs> fucking crazy. That's insane. You can't expect your goalkeeper to save any of them. No.
0: Fuck.
3: Like like they just like again like this is not like Kepa has been terrible like and the the numbers he's been posting up have been fucking awful. But his mm. defense are. When you look at the stats, and then if you watch any of the games, and if you if you watch a lot of them, I have eternal pity for you. But um, <laughs> like they they ship shots in the best possible positions for the striker, yeah. um, and you're just going like, wow! Like if you've got a goalkeeper that's routinely not making good saves and not making any kind of real saves, pairing him with a defense that's like Running out of red carpet by the end of the ninety minutes. Yeah, That's... this
2: way I'm weakest on my left. Absolutely, <laughs> let
3: me get this velvet rope out of your way. You know, and the thing the thing about Kepa is is that I mean, if you go to our previous podcast as well when um, we were talking about Joe Hart and his decline, and I stated that like I knew Joe Hart was really in decline when not because he's not getting the shots. Sometimes you're just not going to get to a shot if a guy top ins it doesn't Mm. matter like i hate this whole thing oh the keeper didn't even dive for it it's like fuck that if it comes in if it goes in off the upright he can dive all he fucking wants he's not getting to it you know but the the where we knew joe hart was seriously in decline and when he started losing his places and was without a club was when he was getting the shots wasn't keeping them out and that's what's happening with keppa he's getting to all these shots that's him getting his hands to things isn't the issue. It's that when he gets his hands to things, it's either too mm. late or he doesn't have the arm strength to keep them out. And that's yeah. quite bad. Now, the good news for Chelsea is that that could be coached out. You know, if you've got a good goalkeeping coach, that could be very easily coached out. Um, but the poor thing is is that he's undergone this for an entire season. Yeah. So confidence-wise, he's completely fucked. Like, he's completely shot. You know? yeah. He's going to need months of work. <clears throat> Them come in. And also in that month of work It means fielding him when he makes mistakes mm, So yeah, like that's the thing. You're going you're going to have to give up points Well goals And therefore Points in order yeah. to get that confidence Back with him and it's just like <laughs> If you've Pissed 71 million pounds Up
1: the wall
2: <laughs> Oh fucking hell
1: and, another, him, and like, and another one, and another,
3: another one. one. But the thing is, like, and they're just talking about like, oh, Chelsea should go in for like o Black. I was like, what? Like, you're not going to get him off of like they're going to have to go for higher than seventy one million. I'm like, you're just they're going to have to go for more than seventy one million to get o Black, because there's not a chance. Like, if I was Simeone, I'd be like, I want this check to arrive on a fucking flatbed. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. be because they're not going to not be able to replace O'Black, and there's no way they want Arazo Balaga no. in his position. He's fucking gone. Also, Chelsea are going to want Chelsea going to need to make some kind of money back. So, they've got Kepa, they signed Kepa to a 7-year deal. All right. <laughs> so, he's already on killer wages. Yes. Um
1: so, and he's five have years, a killer fee as well.
3: Five, yeah, he's 5 years left on his contract. So, the reason I designed signed him on a seven-year deal is so they could amortize his 71 million fee over 10 years. Yes. So he's two years into that. So his fee is only amortized down to about 50 million quid. So they're going to need 50 million mm. for him so that they don't have not made a, a, a loss. It's like, who's going to pay that? And I guarantee, you, like his wages by the end of that seven years, his like he's probably going to be like looking at like over two hundred and fifty k a week.
1: More than likely, yeah, I'd say Absolutely. so.
3: Because by the end of that, by the end of that contract, because he's twenty five now, by the end of that contract, he's going to be thirty years old.
1: Yeah, and then suddenly everyone's going like, actually, we'll will call you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. But like oh. now, it's
3: like sort of like, two years into a seven year deal. Like he's apparently complete garbage. They fucked yeah. them. They utterly ruined him. With the combination of poor coaching and a fucking terrible defense, they've Arsenal them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> very good way of putting it.
3: Uh, yeah, so that's it's just hilarious. And wow, did they need to fix that? And I don't think, they, and they're just buying rafts of attacking players that next like, season, like the great attacking players, Zayek, so, like, uh, Werner. That's great. That's going to be. Yeah. They're
0: going.
3: They're going to ball it up front, but um, it's at the back, lads. Like
1: yeah, it, that's 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 the part that matters. Like you know, just saying. Again, we do have a segment for this later on, so we, we'll talk oh, yeah, more sure, about yeah. this. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah. Yeah, um, anyway, moving on then to uh, another uh, tie that was uh, split before the uh, before and after times. Uh, Leon uh, carried a one 0 win uh, against Juventus uh, into the uh, the post-COVID times, and Leon then beat them two-one. They got their through away goals yeah. and uh, sacked um, <laughs> Sari as a result. Although, to be fair, I get a feeling Sarri was going to be sacked regardless of what happened. If he had beaten Barcelona 10-0 in the Champions League final, I still think the old lady would have sacked him regardless because they just didn't like him. You know, They didn't
2: like him because, uh, as well as that, like he put Ronaldo in his box by not playing him one of the times and Ronaldo threw a hissy fit and asked the board to sack him, according to some Twitter in the nose. That has been the
3: story going but also- around. But he was also coaching them quite wrong. I mean, like... Sarry likes to kind of like concerted press. And not only really happens if you've got eleven players who are willing to do it. And like, yeah. you know, the the issues with Ronaldo is the same with Messi and that he just won't track back. They just don't mm. they don't press, they don't defend. That's it. You're not gonna do that. And in fact, actually it's not even just with Barcelona, it's not even just Messi now. But with Juve, like you've not got like they've assembled in order to accommodate him, mm. his gargantuan wages and fees and shit like that. They've had to kind of construct a midfield comprised entirely of players they've gotten them
1: for free, and also exuberant and, wages,
3: and exuberant wages as well. And it's just not worked. Like I think I remember somebody posted up there like a video of him and of like Ronaldo and dabala like on the pitch, and like they're lip reading them, and it's just them complaining. Like there's like we're getting nothing from the midfield. Like there's, there's yeah. nothing, and it's true. Like they're getting absolutely fuck all. And uh, Sarius is coaching them all the wrong way. He's trying to coach them all in like one touch, one touch football, and you're like, that's not how Ronaldo's ever played. Ronaldo gets the ball, tries to beat a man, probably doesn't do it, um, passes it sideways until he can run past the guy, and then gets mm. the ball back. Yeah, uh, it's just not gonna. It's not gonna work. I genuinely did think he was going to drag them through it though, because he scored two goals and he was just, he was going for his hat trick in their the last
2: game. Mm. I'm so glad he didn't though. Like I'm so sick of Ronaldo just being on my TV screen. <laughs> yeah,
0: so
2: although his
3: first his first goal was a cracker. Like that—that's basically the goals he scores, where he just gets to an acre of space and just hits it. Um, yeah. Like fuck, holy shit! He just absolutely whopped that in from like 25 yards, top corner. Get mm. in there.
2: Uh, but I what I do like about this is that like. Um, they then have Pirlo as the, the new manager.
3: I'm excited yeah.
1: by this. I'm yeah, very, he, he, very excited. He was, he was
3: promoted after 10 days as the under-23 manager and having not coached the <laughs> uh, Look,
0: look I at that. the at what, what are they doing?
2: <laughs> but he apparently doesn't like uh, Aaron Ramsey either. And I'm just like, please come home, Aaron. You <laughs> need a box-to-box midfielder who's attacking-minded. Please come back.
1: Oh, dear. I don't think that's going to happen somehow. Uh, so, yes, moving on then to... Uh, moving on to North London. Not that North London. Uh, Spurs and how they crashed out of the Champions League in acrimonious circumstances thanks to <laughs> Leipzig. Um, yeah. 1-0 from the home tie and then 3-0 in the away tie. Um, what a heartwarming story for Leipzig to get to the quarterfinals. Um, and then lastly, then, we have uh, Napoli-Barcelona, which was well-poised in, in the end. It was a one-all draw from the first leg. And then Barcelona had, just about had enough to beat a particularly stubborn Napoli side, which is, uh, I guess, like they are fully like indoctrinated into the Gattuso style of play, which is to basically be complete bastards, um, which was, as, as is the style of the time, you know. It's, it's what Gattuso does. Um, yeah. So, unfortunately, there wasn't, there wasn't enough for them in the end. And I don't, they're not even in Europe this uh, next season, Napoli. I don't think they even qualify for the Europa League. They were well out. Um, oh. So, yeah. No, I, I, Italy should be fun next season for Champions League. You've yeah. got Juve with Perlo. You've got Conte's Inter Milan, which are actually the favourites to, to win Serie A next season. And then you've got Lazio, who are complete mentalists, and then Atalanta, who are also mentalists. They're on the Champions League next season. Fucking hell. Yes, Yes, sir. Yes, please. That's- That's a spicy meatball. Um, Moving on then to the quarterfinals, where shit did actually happen. Uh, And the first one we're going to talk about tonight is Man City 1, Leon 3. So, ladies and gentlemen, we were in a pub. We were in a a brewery when this happened.
0: We were peeping up on
1: screen. And we were so very, very happy about this. But let's put our our pundit hats on and let's examine why Prep Guardiola is a complete ball fraud. Uh, Neil, do you want to start us off here, or um,
2: well, it's oh, the- we'll never get word in edgeways now.
1: Oh. <laughs>
3: first off, fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Technically, just he oversaw it. Um again.
1: Why does he keep doing this? Because just play he, fucking ball. He, he
3: goes, he goes mental. Like he, he played like five defenders and two holding midfielders against the Leon. mighty the might of Leon, <laughs> the seventh best team in league uh, the Farmers League yes Um, so yeah like I just he he just he just goes fucking he just goes crazy I remember I'm going to pass it over to Burkbot now because of that Scorpy comment earlier on yeah
0: Um,
3: but uh, (laughs) it just reminds me of a a Barney Rooney in the Guardian quote where he says that he kind of he imagines a world where Pep overthinks a Champions League game so much that he winds up just playing his normal team and winning
2: it <laughs> comes uh,
1: back full circle. It literally yeah, goes all... full
2: circle,
3: yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, go for a burkball. Yeah, yeah. Winger.
2: Um I know I'm gonna come on to it later and when we're talking about the women's match, but um Joe Montemuro has uh, a tendency to overthink the opposition and over mm. uh kind of promote the opposition in his own head. And I feel like that's what Pep Guardiola does but only in the Champions League and I presume it's because he doesn't see these teams week in week out in the same amount of depth as he would in the Premier League where he can um, decimate teams with like his tactical decisions and things like that but yeah in this um, I don't like De Bruyne is always going to like I, I really rate him as a player and I th- he got a goal in this game um, to bring them back level. And I think Pep's, like, kind of plan then was like, great, we've got De Bruyne on on, on the form. We'll get another goal out of him. But then as soon as Leon realised, oh, Jesus, this this Milky Bar kid's kind of good. Like, let's mark him out of the game. Uh, they had no plan B. And his plan B, or, like, all his plan, like, his other plans just, like, again, he was overthinking them. He was like, oh, well, if they're... You know, maybe if you know we could trick them into not marking De Bruyne out of the game, then it might work. But no,
0: it's, like... it's it's weird. All of
3: these <laughs> mad hyper defensive teams that he plays that never work, they all seem to have like um they all seem to have gundigan in them. Like biscuits gun-
1: during this podcast. You yeah. bitch. You're a me? Yeah. So Honestly. Are they Halloumi I biscuits?
2: <laughs> Halloumi biscuits, yeah. <laughs>
3: No, but it's like Gundigan's getting really unfairly maligned in the yeah. circles because every time, like, you just hear, oh, it's Gundigan again, yes. fuck, ah, oh, no, we're going to lose. We're going, no, we're just playing him wrong. And yeah. so it's like Rodri and Gundigan, and just like, you're not going to get anything going forward out of these guys, in particular when you've got like a back five and you're not doing anything with it. Um, it, was all, it was all like, I remember like somebody, I think fuck I can't remember who it was who was saying that like oh we did this because to counter the you know that famed Leon counter attack and I'm
0: like
3: 7th mm. <laughs> and league going what would you well, do if it was up against Amiens or something like that who are 5th I think or something like that I was like what would you do like field 2 it, well in
1: their defence in their defence <laughs> like there were there are two Leon sides we're talking about here the one before and after the, the manager, they sacked their yeah. manager because they sacked Silvino and they were in thirteenth twelfth and thirteenth. And well, like,
3: But the thing is then, like, it doesn't even matter about like the opposition. Like I'm like we'll talk about Leon
2: all you want, and I don't Maybe really he want. was looking at the Leon women's team and going, Fuck. That's oh, he best. got
1: them mixed up. He got them. Yeah, he he's was telling looking at he's those telling minions. the Brian to Mark Hedderberg and everyone's going, like,
2: <laughs> Who the fuck is
1: Hedderberg?
3: <laughs> like, you know, he's like, Oh shit, Pep's got off it, on but
2: but the thing is about Who the is, fuck is Lucy Bronze?
3: Well like when you look at like the city team, you're like What's wrong? Like, what's happened between him and Bernardo Silva? Like, he never plays mm. Silva. Silva's always on the bench. Like, he's a fucking wonderful player.
1: I don't get but, this lately. Uh, what? What's happened?
0: What?
3: Like, he was the best
1: player last season. Won the won not, in the Premier League with the. world when,
3: when you consider that like Pep Guardiola, and we all know the kind of the tactics and how he likes to play. Bernardo Silva seems tailor made for that. I've never seen a player more biologically suited the Pep Guardiola's tactics than Bernardo Silva. Like, what yeah. the fuck is going on?
1: It's this just. Is, this is going part of my mind, my, my thought process here for this because uh, the Athletic put out a very good article about this, about Guardiola overthinking this. And what they think is the, the, the root cause of this, they believe, is that Guardiola fundamentally doesn't trust his defenders. And apparently, this, this goes back to the Bayern Munich days where yeah, they would say, play the- Javi yep. Martinez in defense. Because, because he's the, a midfielder.
3: It? it was the Bayern Munich game where they lost 4-0 against Real Madrid, wasn't yes, it? Yes, that's right. It was right. the two the two legs, I think, fuck. I can't, can't remember who, who like some guardian writer, or whatever. I think it was Jonathan Davis, or Jonathan David, um, yeah. who did this. He said, like, you he, he trace all this back to um, the, that game, the the two legs against Real Madrid when he was the Bayern manager. Now, they lost the first leg 1-0. Mm. And then the second leg, the players apparently got to him and were like oh, you know, we have this Uh We you know, <laughs> the personality, like, yeah. let us off the leash. Don't fucking field eight defensive players. Like, let us play our football. Let us go for it. And, you know, Pep, you know, he acquiesced and he just, he let them loose. And they all ran forward and Bayern were just sitting there going, well, hang on. Oh, sorry, Real, uh-huh. were, sitting there, mm. Real were sitting there going, hang on. If they're all up here, who's behind there? <laughs> They just hit the ball over them and hit yeah. them on the count, hit them on the counter four times. wound up winning four nil. I think that was the game Sergio Ramos scared, scored two goals in, and uh, it was just whenever that guy scores goals, part of me dies.
1: Yeah, no,
3: um, <laughs> I fucking hate the guy. But like that was just it. and uh, apparently since then he's like, no, I will, I will never allow the players to. Cloud. This is where the obsession
1: starts. Yeah, yeah.
3: That's, uh, but even then, like I think like the season before that, they crashed out to Roma, wasn't it?
1: Monaco, I believe. Monaco. Wait, sorry. If you're thinking, if you're talking about like his first season, at city it was Monaco.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, but even then, like, he, he's been crashing out of Europe quite regularly. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I think tracing it all back to just that one game, I think is a little much. Yes. But I, it, it
2: does as seem- well as well as that, like w- when you get yourself into a rut of constantly losing and you're not used to getting the wins, mm. um. Like it was pointed out again, we will come to it in the in the women's, but like when you're in the the habit of winning, it's a lot easier to win games and make the right tactical decisions. And even if it isn't the right tactical decisions, you're more confident in making the changes to correct the mistakes you've made. But when like it just seems like he's just really nervous because he knows, I suppose in the Premier League, he knows he has the squad that will always be there or thereabouts to challenge for the title. Yeah. Uh, whereas he's coming up against these really, really tough teams in Europe where there's an international spotlight on him, maybe more so than...
3: Yeah, maybe. But like when you, when you look at that and you're thinking like, all right, then Leon's fame counter-attack. i like, is it a, a day do you... Better than like Crystal Palace, <laughs> like because up against Palace is like Palace have got like Zaha and fucking Townsend and oh, yeah Townsend yeah
1: Townsend yeah
3: yeah and I was like they're great counter-attacking players you know like probably a wee bit better than anything wee bit better than the players in their positions that Leon has and I was like what did he like he just played his normal 433 and just whopped Palace like can't you mm. do the same with Leon like, like this just- is it. Just stop over not even stop overthinking it, just stop thinking it. Just
0: play your full play your best team. Like okay,
2: I understand I got I got, got, got like maybe a theory that he has really sensitive ears, okay? And when the Champions League team Oh, it's the uh, anthem. Song, yeah, that's
0: why the that's why the crowd always do it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because then he, they boo it and then he gets tinnitus and he can't think straight.
1: I love this conspiracy theory, and uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that okay, clearly, clearly, the, it is, the Champions League is some sort of trigger that, like, the, this was a sort, of, sort of shell shot kick. And so he just goes, Aguero, in goal now, don't ask questions. Yeah. It's like, no, no, it's, Kyle Walker, it's, get a goal. Ah, uh, no, I don't believe it. I'm Kyle Walker, shag me mum. Uh, so, the, what I was going to say there was that you have this, like, I think like, the second thing point I was going to make there was that, like, he doesn't trust his defenders. I think he trusts his midfielders too much on their technical ability. So he'll put in a Gundogan or Rodri into midfield and for, or Fernandinho into defence when really they shouldn't be in there. They should be there doing the natural job. And then the third thing I think he has, and again, this is a very personal thing I'm going to say about Per Guardiola, but I think you might back me up on this. I think he has a really inner jealousy of other teams, Right. And, again, I think this is like – because every, every one of these coaches has to have this competitive edge from somewhere. Like, Mourinho has it for, like, you know, like, us against them, fake news, Donald Trump, tiny penises, all that sort of stuff. That's what Mourinho does to his team, right? He fake is them. Whereas Guardiola says, we are better than everybody. We're better than them. We are going to show them how football is done. It's like, Pep, who's them? Them. Just just go and attack, right? And then Klopp's going like, lads, let's have fucking fun, Yeah. Let's go full, Let's go win games. We all get lashed, lashed afterwards. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. That's the kind of that, the that's Ferguson, bad. the Ferguson level lads. It's Tottenham.
1: Yeah, that's it. And, <laughs> and like every every manager has that inner comp, competitive streak because that's how they that they're footballers. They have to have that. It's their instinct. You know. That's why Frank Lampard went full on and Partridge over a game that didn't matter at the end of the fucking season because he's Frank Lampard. He has to do something about it. but with Guardiola, I think his issue is that he has to be number one and. I think this this builds up from his Barcelona days where he like he like he was like in a way he was given the credit for this like beautiful Barcelona team blooming at the same time. You did have Messi, Javi, Iniesta, Busquets, all these like incredible players in the same team all at one time and just ruling Europe with an iron fist. And I think the difference is obviously he's gone to Munich and, and has tried to do the same thing and it has didn't quite work out. And then he's now gone to Man City and tried to do the same thing and has not quite worked out at the same level. He wants to be the, the, uh, the Bible that everyone else follows in European football. He wants to be writing each chapter of football like, George, like Johann Cruyff did. You know? and, it, and the trouble with that is, I think after a while you realize that there's actually more ways to skin a cat in football than you think. Like Klopp has arrived at Gergenpressen, which is a very old style of form of football, but it works. It, all, it has always worked. That's why every German team plays the same way. That's their style. Italy has a defensive mentality to all their teams. Like Everyone has their own way of doing it. Guardiola trying to rewrite the history books with his own way is not going to work all the time. Like They all have a shelf life in the end, and Guardiola doesn't seem to, to tick that. He needs to be the number one coach. He has to be the mastermind genius, and he's not. Simple as. He's just another football coach who did really well for a while, and now he has another project that he has to work on
3: thing about it is that like you can be he's not one thing or the other like you can you can be like a really you can be a great visionary good coach Mm. and still be sort of out of your depth with certain aspects with certain aspects of it so like like people always say oh he doesn't really deserve a whole lot of credit for the Barcelona uh, success because like oh yeah like You could put a tin of spam in charge of like Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets, (laughs) Messi and they'll fucking win La Liga and shit like that. But then again, when you realise, you go back and you actually look at the team that he had, he didn't come into that. He had to clear out a lot of really ageing legends in that. Yes. He had to ditch out
1: Ronaldinho and Deco. Like that's a big
3: deal. Like that was a huge deal. Like, you know, Mm. you're thinking like, oh, you'd still have Busquets, but Busquets, P.K., like they they weren't they weren't in the team like no they weren't even getting anywhere near you have to bring them in like Messi okay then yeah you Ronaldinho talking him up I mean, there there's that famous Ronaldinho um, interview where he after he won the Ballon d'Or and he was asked oh, what's it like being the best player in the world and he starts laughing and he goes I'm not even the best player at this club
0: <laughs> um, yeah. and he's
3: referring to a 19 or 18 year old Messi who's behind him in the fucking club um. So there's, there's oh Gnabry.
2: lads, there's scrap. Oh, there's Scraps, Um, uh, Neymar Neymar cleared out Gnabry but made it look like he was fouled in the process. And then I think <laughs> Gnabry is after getting his revenge and scraps have ensued. Yeah, i, I wait.
3: And no, I don't it know it, why they're
1: picking a fight with uh, Serge Gnabry. He learned about Tony Pulis. Like, yeah, fuck that, yeah.
3: <laughs> I think uh, looking at the replay, it says here that uh, like. Neymar got taken out by Goretzka and his tumble took him into Gnabry. <laughs> yeah. More or less, yeah. And uh, no. it's fair to say Gnabry's not impressed. No, no he was not. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's, just, it's getting to a point now where Pep's starting to be found out at yeah, this
1: level. Yeah, that's what it is. He's, over-
3: he's overthinking it and he's, he's leaving out his best players and that's not the best way to play football. Yep. Do you think Absolutely.
2: He, he's got caught up in his own hype as yeah. well? Oh, I like, think
3: it is. People... I think it is that. I think he just uh, just puts the shits up himself. Like he just overthinks it. And I, just, mm. I really think you know he just, you know, uh, like if you've got Bernardo Silva, you play him. Yeah. Don't, if you if you're putting him on the bench, like you kind of deserve to lose.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Right. No, very very well put. Very well put. Uh, moving on to your quarterfinals. Then uh, first off was uh, Atalanta won PSG two. Really hard in Atalanta. It was looking so close to them to get to the semi-finals. They were one up on PSG, and then two goals in injury time, and the winning goal that was seconding. Was, was yeah. Chuba who joined PSG from Stoke, relegated yeah. Stoke?
3: know. Again, it's it's another kind of. Uh, sign that we're living in the dumbest timeline. That like Barcelona are fielding <laughs> Barcelona are fielding like former Middlesbrough players, and Paris Saint-Germain have gotten to the Champions League final with somebody who was rejected by Stoke.
1: Yeah, it's sad, really, isn't it? Yeah, <sighs> but yeah. Anyway, e- that way, that, that,
2: I... that that was that was heartbreaking though because I think we were all so excited to see Atlantis um, like. doing <laughs> Um, and I then PSG swooping in at the last minute. Go see
3: horses. Go see
0: horses.
2: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> and spearfished them right out of the Champions League. Oh, and, um,
0: Curse you
3: Yeah, absolutely. Too bad that, Too bad that hammerhead shark they fielded in midfield didn't take Marquinhos out of it.
1: <laughs> I, tactically, I thought I thought like a, a great white would have been better in that midfield, but that's yeah. That's
3: it's it's the, the peripheral vision of the fucking
1: yeah home. yeah. Like that's fair. That's fair. Yeah,
3: yeah. You can
1: never play forward, though. That's the problem with him. He's a very he's a number six player. Uh, the other um, the <laughs> quarter final that happened was a bit of a shocker. I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting this. Was uh, R- 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 Leipzig um beating Atletico two one, and the reason I said it was that I was worried that Atletico was going to make it to the final. But uh, Leipzig proved me wrong. A werner uh, Leipzig proved me wrong. which I'm yeah.
2: I I, 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 I will jump in on this because um, over lockdown, I did get to watch some of the German league. And I know um, disgustingly flavoured energy drink Leipzig, um, they have had time to adjust to the burner departure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what i was interested to see was like could they replicate their kind of change of formation and kind of change of playing style into the champions league and this was actually the first match i got to watch properly or i was kind of properly watching and not getting distracted by other things Mm -hmm. um uh, of them since the german league ended and they are good that's so annoying they play really nice football they do yeah You can't like you're like oh I hate this that was a really good pass oh that was so good I hate them, um, and and that's what I felt watching it which is kind of frustrating when you're a neutral you know like you know quote neutral watching Mm. the watching the game, but um yeah no I'm not I'm not as big a hater of Atletico as you and I'm not entirely sure why you hate Atletico. Just, it's
1: it's just flow. hate them. I hate flow. them. Out. I hate them on principle, Berthold. Just like, difficult. just the very notion of them existing is what makes it hurt. It's just like you actually just hate football. All of you in the team just hate football. You still have Diego Costa in your books. So fucking get him, get put him back into the Ice Age. Like get fucking to hell, fuck. Like. Yeah, um, like, honestly.
3: No, th- th- I think one person kind of won it against, as far as the Leipzig game. One person won it, and that was Nagelsmann. Yeah, um, yeah. He played his tactics fucking perfectly. Uh, read up a few tactics columns and everything. Really, like it was fantastic. They completely rotated their right flank constantly, and Atletico just couldn't cope with it. Mm.
0: Um,
3: with the ball, I've read this from. I've actually got it up here now on the column. Um, without the ball, they pushed into a four-two-three-one, but with the ball they switched to a 3-1-5-1 uh, <laughs> kind of thing. And at times had their entire 10 men outfield in Atletico's third of the pitch. Um, <laughs> so like...
0: That's yeah. pretty, That's pretty uh,
3: Yeah, like it's, it's ridiculous. Like at times the defenders were actually past the midfield circle. Yeah. The opposition's half. So... Um, yeah, so like Nagelsmann just fucking went for the jugular.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it worked
3: completely. And it fucking worked, like, you know, and yeah. Uh, I I dislike Leipzig quite fundamentally. hmm Um but yeah, like he his shift from a four to a three man defense, um three man in attack, four man in defence kind of phase thing. Um is something I watched that quite quite a lot because it's what arteta is going to be. i have a feeling about well, I, I don't i have a feeling and it's backed up by nearly every sign of kind of analyst that it's exactly what arteta is going to be doing at arsenal
0: mm. Mm. in
3: that, in Ars, with arsenal we're going to be three man defense in attack with a four man backline when we're defending um so yeah so that's why i was looking at and if it, if we can get it
0: ooh oh
3: yeah oh know, yes If we can get it working as well as they did, I'm actually going to be quite
1: happy. (laughs) Mm. Okay. Uh, Uh, I
2: think I'm behind you in this.
1: Yes, you are. Give give it a minute. Uh, (laughs) Moving on then. um, You went into the juggler Dan Neil. And funny you should mention jugglers because we're about to talk about um, Barcelona versus Bayern Munich. Very much a game (laughs) to hate to see it, if you're a Barcelona fan. Uh, This
2: is... um... One of those decisions that, you know, you will look back in your life and say, yeah, you made the wrong choice there, Burke. But, um <laughs> I decided to watch boxing. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh shit! There's a goal. I'm so yeah. behind.
1: Yeah, you bias. are quite a, quite a while behind, actually. Yeah. We're actually just seeing the replays of it. Now? It was Coleman that got it. Yeah. yeah. Great header. Great header.
2: Um, yeah, no, this night I was like, uh, Bayern-Bresson, that's going to be like one of those matches that on paper is going to be great. Mm. Full of goals and action, but it's probably going to be one of those nil all fucking stalemates. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch a boxer that I know. And, you know, fucking hell, he lost, fucking raging. And then I missed out (laughs) on one of the best matches of the Champions League history.
1: Yes. Like Brazil and Germany vibes off this, isn't it? like it is purely yeah. like this this team that's full of hubris and pomposity and self worth just being decimated by a team that's just really fucking good at football right now, and pro, point positive right now they're still very good at p- football right now um <laughs> like it's it was just wonderful to see it it, it really is a, a case if you love to see it because. All the stuff that we've been talking about with Barcelona on these podcasts has all come to the forefront right at the same time. Like the pure the poor squad planning, the manager that's well out of his depth, the lack of leadership at the top of the club, Messi just looking jaded at his like at his club that he has been put his heart and soul into, just withering just a slow half, death. Top,
3: the photo of him at half time with Tim and, and Terstegan. Yeah. And he, like Messi's just in the sitting room and the in the sitting room. Jesus in the dressing room and he's just like he looks like a fucking, he looks like somebody with just PTSD. Yeah. And uh, Terstegan's at the, f- it's the one with Terstegan standing at the doorway as well. Like, and it's just like.
1: It does like, like a fucking, like a uh, Roman painting. It was like a fresco yeah, it or really something.
3: Did. Like, it was horrendous. Like, yeah. Um, it was just, it was, there was lots of moments of beauty.
1: <laughs> terrible, oh, terrible. I, I have my favorites. Can we all pick a favorite from this yeah,
3: match? I, I think, uh, like, um, Coutinho coming off the bench to score two goals and rack up one assist. That's my boy uh, against against Barcelona whilst also being Barcelona's record signing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. like the
3: fact that like the hubris of loaning him out to a fellow <laughs> Champions League contender club and not putting a clause into his contract, can, he could not play against
0: you
2: like, like that just like what I, I don't understand. Like I thought that was a prerequisite for any loan deal is that you can't play against your parent club.
1: Not in Europe, no, not in Europe. It has to be it, state. it's domestic leagues, domestic leagues. Yes, but in Europe they made this decision with Courtois. Courtois was uh was bought by Chelsea, but brought back on loan to Atletico, and then Atletico and Chelsea faced each other in the quarterfinals one year, and they asked for a dispensation from UEFA. So UEFA said yes, he can play. Against his parent club in European competitions, so that's that, that's that's a precedence now. So Coutinho was fair game to play against his own team,
3: unless like, they, unless uh, they had stated no. Yeah, it had
1: to be in a condition. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Whereas in the domestic leagues, it's kind of it's it doesn't have
1: to be stated. It's a rule. It's a rule. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah right. Okay. That that makes sense because I was just like, how the fuck can this even happen? I <laughs> love that it can. Yeah. Um <laughs> I, love I love that it's happening right now to Barcelona, but um oh like that's just a pinnacle of bad business that you don't let a player like, okay, I know we've been kind of slagging Coutinho because he left Liverpool and hasn't reached the heights of his potential, I suppose could have gotten to, into, but um he's still a good player like he's still a player that you don't give to someone free yeah. reign of let him do his damage against us like and like especially a player with that kind of fuck you mental attitude of you know you let me go you fuckers i'm gonna show mm. you what you're missing out on it's like a fucking yeah it's like it's like you know someone who's recently been broken up with, and it's like yeah, I'm gonna show my ex what he's missing out on, and it's like you know putting up all the photos of like you know, you know, uh, <laughs> but that's just what like Coutinho was just doing there. He was like fuck you, this is what you could have had.
1: He's on the rebound, so is... you're saying.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: absolutely. And uh, if it lo- uh, as it looks like Bayern are probably gonna win the whole thing, mm. and if they do win the whole thing. Um, Barcelona have to pay Liverpool an extra five million quid because he'll have won the Champions League
1: with Bayern Munich, <laughs>
3: with, with, with not even the team that he signed the fucking clause contract with. Like it's just like another one. If you and was, another one, if, you were, like, another if I read this in a Steve Bruce novel, I'd be like, Stevie. <laughs>
0: this is Not a like, fucking stop smoking crack, yeah,
3: yeah exactly I'd be like you know what you, you need to stop smoking whatever crack you've got because you, you, he's clearly selling you some bad shit
1: yes but it, absolutely it's, it's
3: just absolutely crazy and it just stands to like I've been ragging on Barcelona the whole time this entire kind of season of podcasts and I will continue to do yeah. so because and yep. this, it just all culminated right here exactly um, they're absolute garbage. Setien lost his job pretty much the instant of the full time whistle went.
1: Pretty sure he lost it at a halftime.
3: Uh yeah. <laughs> well, in all fairness, after half-time, they came back. It was four uh, two. As far as a lot at home for four two, and you're sitting there going, right, okay, it's it's four two. There's thirty minutes left. You know they could still actually kind of get something back. And um, but no, it it, yeah. it didn't happen. It, it's garbage. And and yeah.
0: Can I can
2: I just point out as well? I know it's not really related to the Barcelona shitstorm, but kind of is the Raúl um who we Arsenal got from Barcelona, also lost his job the same around the same time. Um, yeah. Well, he left the club, so <laughs> left. Mm. but like all of those shady dealings that Barcelona have been doing over the years, and I Raúl was one hundred percent at the center of them. And then all of a sudden he's disappearing off out of the spotlight at Arsenal. Um, I actually do think, you know, in my deep, a week, a week after the week
3: after the Cronkies appoint a um, a serious lawyer as a non-executive director to the board, yeah, uh, finally walks out of the club. <laughs> I was like, hmm. It's like Grandpa
2: Simpson walking into the brothel.
3: <laughs> walking what? in,
2: he sees <laughs> a lawyer. Me, like, big brown envelope, like, oh yes. shit, nope.
3: <laughs> he walks in to see a, a lawyer appointed by the owners. He's like, nope, ain't doing this.
1: <laughs> oh dear, yes. So uh, moving on then to the semi-finals. Uh, there's actually not much to speak about in these ones. They're both regulation wins for Munich and PSG, both 3-0. Uh, Munich beat Lyon 3-0. Lyon did put up a fight, all credit to them. Um, Leipzig against PSG not so much Nagelson kind of overcooked it a bit but either way it was, kind of, it was kind of a foregone conclusion really where we're looking at a Bayern PSG final anyway um, from the quarter so uh, yeah, the,
3: disgustingly, yeah. the disgustingly sugary drink team crashed had a massive sugar, sugar crash, crash. Yeah. yeah, they literally didn't I mean, like, it was hilarious as to the extent to which they just did not show up <laughs> I mean like, people, uh, I was reading like post match reports of this saying, oh, PSG superstars cut Leipzig to bits. I was like, what? No, they didn't. <laughs> the Leipzig players practically lay down and died in the middle of the <laughs> fucking 10 minutes. Like, what are you doing? Like, you fucking knobs. They didn't know. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, Dia Maria, the master conductor. Yeah, because he was given like nine acres of space to yeah. do whatever he wants But You give a player, but I'm like, he's undoubtedly talented but he's not quick
1: he's a randoiter who's the space investigator as you know it's pretty cool exactly don't
3: give him a galaxy (laughs) if you you give him ball if you give him the ball in a whole lot of space you don't press him you don't put him under pressure you know (laughs) he's going to like be able to do a whole lot of shit with the ball and he did like it was just it was crazy I was just looking at Leipzig going you do realise this is a Champions League semi-final lads like has somebody told him this yeah (laughs) because <laughs> they didn't seem to like know or care.
1: No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, the, the only thing um, striking about Leipzig was his does... Go for it.
2: Um The Bayern are. Try- I know on my stream is late, but Bayern are trying to make a sub to bring Perisic on for Coman. Yeah. But the fourth official's board isn't working, so they've had to go and run and get a second board. I
1: was wondering what that was about.
2: For
0: her? Yeah.
1: Yeah. for, for yeah, The
2: board, she, she was holding up the board and there was nothing on it. And then the coach had to tell her like there was nothing on it. And then she had to run off and get another
1: one. I yeah, do what that team, was
3: about. Team, yeah, your team, They put Coutinho on for uh, Gnabry as well.
1: Oh, yeah. I, love I love him to but. I love him a bit. Um. So yeah, the final is going on at the moment. Uh, Munich are currently leaving one 0 twenty minutes to go. So we'll we'll know soon who who's won or who or who's hasn't in this sense. So um, like I say, it's been a really fucking good game. I have to say, it's been a massive improvement on the uh, final from last season, Liverpool Spurs. The tempo you,
2: has just been brilliant.
1: It's been great. It really has been. Like these are like this is the difference when you have two. Oh. <laughs> holy shit! Neuer's on fire tonight, lads. Holy fucking shit! It's the best match I've seen Neuer have in years. Man, I'm yeah, missing no, this,
3: this whole Champions League was kind of like a big, in, in particular the, the build up to the. He
1: saved with his fucking heel.
3: Yeah, the the match
1: between. Mad the, bastards,
3: them and uh, the Bayern. Uh, Munich Barcelona match was the kind of oh the battle of the German number ones yeah. Tirsnigan Neuer and Neuer just determined this entire competition to go I am the top fucking dog mm. he's had a resurgence yeah <laughs> he's, had, he's had his resurgence and he's fucking maintaining it and he is killing it
1: it's actually been a real theme through the Munich side because like the real story of this of this team like obviously you've had great success stories like Nabry and Alfonso Davies. Um, but I think the real story for me is
2: fucking fight, shitting me. My stream has just skipped forward and completely <laughs>
1: missed the save annoyer
2: save. <laughs>
1: You'll get a re replay oh, that, that
2: in a minute. I get yeah, I get the replays now, yeah.
1: Yeah. But here's the thing about that, right? I think the real story about this Munich side is that the utility players are back in fashion because like the the coach you brought in Hans Flick is not a notable coach, but the reason he's in is because he knows how Munich works. He knows how German football works. He just knows stuff. He's not like Nico Kovac and those, no, no, we should be pragmatic and, and, and be counterattacking and like everyone else is going like Mate, this isn't Frankfurt anymore. You don't have to do that. We're we're the big team now. Play like the big team. And like shockingly, this is what they're doing by having by putting out their best team and like working as a as a one unit. So when you have more playing the pocket, finding space and being the like a really intelligent player in the right time, right space, right time, Joshua Kimmich, who again I I think he's a he's a very good player overall. I think he's a better number six and he's a right back. But point out was standing, play him anywhere. Like he, he's such he's such a good footballer. Generally, you don't doesn't really matter where you you play him. Just as long as you play him, and um, and then everyone else kind of just plays around that in a sense. And even just the, the fact that, like, Lewandowski is still keeping goals whilst having so much, like, uh, competition, in a sense, on, those, on the sides of it with Nabry and Coleman. Like, you still get the exact same service in the midfield because, like, the, the industry hasn't changed. They're still the same. Like, that's, this is why they have found such a resurgence because they really finally realized, oh, this is how we do football now. Yes, I remember. Fuck, why didn't we do that five, six, seven years ago? Oh, yeah, Pep Guardiola. Fuck, forgot about that. It's, it's pretty simple lads just play fucking football as Klopp says simple as Um. so uh, we'll take this time then as oh hang on Mappe's on the break here I'll, I'll, I'll pause here for commentary hang on oh, oh shimmy 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 he's beaten one he's beaten two that was Kimmich back defending great stuff okay so we'll take this time then to rattle through the Europa League so yeah um, Catching up then, uh, the round of 16 ended with uh, Istanbul Bessek-Shahir beaten 3-1 by Copenhagen. Uh, Wolves beat Olympiacos 2-1, which was a pretty good game. I watched that myself. Uh, Rangers uh, violently um, lost to Leverkusen 4-1. Shakhtar Donetsk uh, battered Wolfsburg 5-1. These are all aggregate scores, by the way. Um, Inter Milan beat Getafe 2-0. Sevilla beat Roma 2-0, which was a bit of a... A uh, big hitter early out. Uh, Basel beating Frankfurt 4-0. a bit of a shock. And then United beating Laskley in 7-1 on aggregates. But that was a, kind of a foregone formality at that point. The quarterfinals then uh, started off with Shakhtar Donetsk beating Basel 4-1. Um, which was, again, Shakhtar were pretty good in this tournament. Uh, Man United beat Copenhagen 1-0 after extra time. Which was um, a problematic result, at if best, if you're a, if you're <laughs> a Man United fan. Although again, not the most problematic thing that's happened to your club in the last two weeks, um, Inter Milan then beat by Leverkusen two one in a pretty close game, but Inter had enough. And uh, Wolves then lost out to Sevilla one 0 And I think the pressure got to them in the end, lads. You know the pressure we put on them at the end of the last uh, podcast definitely got to them. And um, I did actually watch. Okay, this we're, we're totally claiming credit for that. Yeah, yeah. In fairness, I did watch this match. Um, Sevilla were just better, like Wolves Um, and fought fought valiantly they were just a bit inexperienced and with that sort of stuff Uh, i know it's a bit odd to say with such like good heads like cody and Lutino and all them but uh yeah it was just uh it they they kind of like burnt out triory too quickly and then when they realized that wasn't working they didn't have a plan b so you know that's just kind
2: of how it worked what i
0: found
1: yeah that's it um when they
2: when they played him as they off the bench at the start of the restart after lockdown, mm. um, they they were devastating because they would tire teams out because they had the likes of like Jota and Jimenez to kind of tire t- like who would do running, who would you know take the shots, put people under pressure, um, and then like people are wrecked from marking these, and then you bring on fucking Triori, and I think <laughs> that game plan worked really well for them. Yeah, but then. You know, they switched to starting Traore, which, you know, you can see why they would do that, but it just didn't have the same impact. And I, f- I feel that was the fatal flaw with them in the Europa League as well, that if they had played him off the bench, then they probably would have had more success.
1: Possibly, yeah. And, um,
2: you know, the world's supply of baby oil wouldn't have been as, uh, you know, <laughs> <with the laughs> used up. To-
3: well, the thing is, is that it, he's just not a good real... He's not got the experience yet to be a very good starter. I mean,
0: mm.
3: I was shitting myself when he was starting against us um, in the league. And we contained them quite well because over the time, we got used to him. We were even able to sub in other players to contain him. I'm like, Maitland-Niles was brought on solely just to market him the game. He and- hearing you fucked. Yeah, exactly. Because Tani was running up and down after him, going like, "I can't hold on to it. Th- I can't. I'm not. Sh- if I if I try and shoulder this guy off, I'm gonna get snapped in half. I've already had two dislocated <laughs> shoulders. This guy's gonna fucking knock them straight out of my body." Yes. Um, so it's like the, it's it's just mad, mad. But yeah, he's just he's not got the game management to be like you. You can't just rampage up and down. This isn't rugby. Yeah. You know, you can't just. Bulldoze your way through an entire team like Diani. Yeah, for 90 straight fucking minutes. It's just not going to work. Um, off the bench, he's just a nightmare. I mean, like, if you're the central defender or wing back, even, and you've been pegging after all these quick players or other faster pacey players, and then after 65 minutes, they bring in this fucking Hulk <laughs> who, who can hit 40 kilometers an hour <laughs> in a straight line, you're going. Lads, fuck off. This guy isn't even human.
1: It's, this is the kind of ironic thing because Wolves' main target this season is uh, Ocampos, who is the guy who scored against them to knock them out of the Europa League. And yeah. I think the, my, the my idea is that we can have Ocampos start, burn him out, and then bring Traoré on to be like, and now this. <laughs> you know, and yeah. like, oh, yeah, that, that, that. that is a good idea when you think about it. But still, like, there should be. There's a lot more to the Wolves side than just that, I guess. But, uh, you know, who, who am I to argue with them? No, but it's, um, it's good to specialise.
3: Yeah. You've got two things. They can get a camp boss and then kind of one, two teams out of it. Or they mm. can try RA through some serious game management training and go, like, if you're starting, you can't just do this from the beginning. Pace yourself, run. You and Jimenez link up really well. Jota's there as well. He's got some skill. He can ball. Mm. You know, get him to game manage. Get him to play make a bit get him to do his... Like, he still did his runs, but not to fucking absolutely try and stomp down 30 Yeah, and That
1: is then, the kind of thing yeah. that's stopping, like, the likes of us perhaps going for him because, like, if it is the case that we need to rely on him for a brief, for an extended amount of time from injury or from, like, the Cup of Nations, whatever it is, like, that is the sort of stuff that would really... that would really fuck our team up. Is that, like, he's good for half an hour, not 90 minutes. You know what I mean? So, it, it's that sort of um idea of it, you know? Yeah. So... Uh, so, moving on then to the semi-finals, uh, Sevilla beat Man United 2-1 in what was a, a very, like, it, 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 was a, it was a match that happened. Um, <laughs> Sevilla, it's a fa- Sevilla in the Europa League, like, it's about as inevitable as a fucking Undertaker at this point. Um, speaking of which then was Inter Milan smashing Shakhtar 5-0. Um, I have to say, I did like how this final was poised because, like, Sevilla, like, had this kind of, like, this, I always have this aura in the Europa League of, like, oh, these, these lads know what they're doing. You know, and then Inter Milan then suddenly had this like mega squad romp up with Lukaku, like like rampaging two true teams and like a really solid defense and a not too bad goalkeeper either. Um, midfield, maybe a bit light, but tactically, they had been working out the flaws, you know. Um, and they've especially, they've
3: an Ale- a- got an Alexis Sanchez who wants to
1: play football. Again, another big thing they they, they got Alexis back working and he's complimenting Latour, Martinez, and Lukaku up front. Everything's working really well for them. Um, so it was a really nicely poised final. Um, and in the end, Sevilla beat them 3-2, which again, we, we watched this live ourselves. Uh, really fun game. Again, another really great final to watch. Uh, it was end-to-end really. And it was like 1-0, 1-all, 2-1, 2-all. Again, the greatest irony of it all is that the match ends with a Lukaku on goal. Yeah. Even though been on a, he's been on a scoring streak in Europe and still technically is on a scoring streak in, in Europe. You know, so he can carry this into the Champions League and it will still count, yeah. I hope.
3: Hitting in an opposition defenders yes. um wayward
1: overhead goal. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's great. It's great, it's beautiful. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. you love to see it. And welcome to Sevilla for their nine thousand uh, Europa League win. Um even though you already you already qualified for Europe anyway, so you really just nicked it off wolves, let's be fair. Um yeah. Give it to give it to a team to a team that really need it, like uh, Manchester United. There,
3: I bet somewhere, don't they have like literally every single Europa League record? More
1: it's or less,
3: like, it, yeah. The bit, like, yeah. There's no, there's no, like it's every single record, like the most wins, most wins, most yeah. match wins, most amount of goals scored. Hmm. You know, longest streak of winning, all this shit like that. Like,
1: it, and, and again, the great irony of it is that's all from the United Emery days.
3: Yeah, it is. Curiously yeah. enough, yeah. They've won up yeah, yeah, like works. seven of the last seven Europa League finals. They've won four of them now.
1: Uh, yes, because they're in, and they have a perfect record in those finals. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So, uh, moving on then, uh, Burkbot, It's time to talk about the women's. Uh, how has the Champions League been going on for you guys? Woo.
2: Uh, for for Arsenal, but um, uh, well, yeah. after like 159 days without any competitive football. Uh, we look like a team that hadn't played competitive football in about hundred and fifty nine days yeah. um, Shaara, as it
3: turns out the as it turns out, the best preparation for playing football is not not playing football <laughs>
2: okay. um now we, on Friday, we had the two semi or the two quarterfinals um on one side of the draw, i suppose um which this really bugs me right because UEFA has this ample opportunity on a, a weekend where you've got the men's match coming up on the Sunday, there's a big gap on the Friday and Saturday where people can get build, you know, get the build up to the final on the Sunday. Yet they don't stagger the times of the, the quarterfinals for the women. Like so they could have had four, you know, uh, four matches on at different times, each getting their own viewership.
0: Mm. Um,
2: yeah, they played them at the same time, which that's just a bugbear of mine, where you're trying, you say they're promoting women's football, but there's absolutely no evidence of that whatsoever.
3: No, instance, no, no, don't get me wrong, like, I'm never ever going to say that they're in any way guilty of promoting women's football. Um, <laughs> didn't they? I, they did They did this with the men's as well, though. So I think it's just like incompetence right across the board. The men's yeah. games weren't really staggered either. Europa Leagues
1: were the same as well. Yeah. Leagues, all all so those times.
3: I think it's like incompetence across the board, but yeah, yeah, like you're absolutely right. Like they really a bit of thought for the women's game might actually would have really gone.
2: Yeah, especially like you had some really good matches. Um, okay, on Friday we had Wolfsburg um, uh, versus Glasgow City. Glasgow City being the only non-professional team left in the competition. Again, their league was very obviously it's a. It is a quite a lower-ranking league, uh, considering it's not professional. Um, mm. But that they did so well to get there. But yeah, they, the class was definitely, definitely on show, where it was a 9-1 defeat with Wolfsburg, barely, barely getting out of second gear. Mm. Um,
3: Glasgow did get the best goal, though.
2: Yeah, Glasgow, that one goal that they scored was a fucking
0: thumper. Yeah. Uh,
2: it was unbelievable. Um, but you, you've got, like, Pernille Harder and Alexander Pop, who, like, are just fucking world-class. And what Glasgow were very good at doing was kind of being physical. And mm-hmm. uh, that physicality really fucking... Like, the first few heavy challenges in the match went in, and... That's just, you know, fucking riled up those two and that's not what you want to do. You do not want to rile up, you know, Pernille Harder or she will score a hat trick against you. Um, you are, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I mean losing the uh, name that's um, be fair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um but yeah, no, that was a fair like I I had the two matches running on at the same time. So I had the you know, commentary in one ear of one match, and I had uh, the TV on with the other match on. <laughs> uh, the other match being the all-Spanish affair of Atletico Madrid, Dodson's mm-hmm. least favourite team, and uh, Barcelona. And mm-hmm. these are two teams that have obviously quite um, established men's teams and are getting there in terms of establishing their women's team. Uh, kind of the, more, the most interesting kind of uh, kind of oh, I'm just watching a free kick go wide there. Um, yeah. Uh, most interesting tidbit of I suppose the lineups of these two teams is that it had one or two kind of former WSL players. So you had Tony Duggan, who is actually a former Barcelona player. She got to the final of Barcelona last year mm. uh, when they were like resoundly beaten by Leon. And after that, she said she wanted a new challenge. She basically said, this is as far as Barcelona are going to go. I want a new challenge. And she went to Atletico Madrid, who are there to kind of put pressure on Barcelona in the Spanish league. Um, and you also had uh, Jade Moore. Now, Jade Moore is one of these kind of players that Phil Neville in the England Lionesses, uh, uh, he I'll I'll hasn't see. a clue she exists. Um <laughs>
1: She's not from Manchester, it doesn't matter.
0: doesn't count. Yeah,
2: well, she, she, like she is a... a def, she's a, your quiz essential defensive midfielder. Um, she is fantastic at breaking up play. Like she kind of does the Genie Wijnaldum kind of... Uh, what, steel, kind of, like
1: midfield steel.
2: Yeah. Um, she and like Barcelona, she's only after moving to it. She's after coming from the American League. Uh, I cannot remember which team she was with. I don't know what... Was it Portland? I can't remember who she was yeah. with, but she's after moving over from the American League to Athletic from Madrid, and she like Barcelona did not know how to get through her. She just broke up everything, and um, so she, uh, it was really really tight game. Like I, you know, in, in terms of in one match you had just waves and waves of Wolfsburg attack, and the poor Scottish defence just getting absolutely torn up sunder and some they were either missing chances or the goalkeeper was somehow getting a face to it. Um, But in the other match, it was completely end-to-end. Like, it was... um, Possession-wise, there was nothing in it. Hmm. You know, all the stats kind of point to it being such an even game. But in the end, it was Hammer-Eye for Barcelona who um, got, like, a decent decent shot away. Uh, There was nothing particularly amazing about it. Um, But, like... Yeah, Barcelona go through, uh, but one of the sorry, yeah, just they're going through to semi-finals, having not used two or three of their usual starting eleven, which is interesting. So you've got Vicky Lafada coming back from an injury that she sustained um, pretty much uh, just before lockdown. So all of lockdown, she's been kind of coming back through that injury, and um, to have her get a couple of minutes at the end of the match. Uh, just to warm her up, like I just I would be worried uh, for Wolfsburg, but I'd say the pick of the semi-final ties is Wolfsburg and Barca, and that's that gonna is, be a, that is a tasty
1: tie. Yeah, that's a good
2: one. I have a pick that uh, Wolfsburg will go all the way, mm. uh, which you know could be controversial. Um, so then the other side of the draw, we had the two French teams, Lyon playing uh, Bayern Munich, and we had PSG versus Arsenal um i didn't watch the bayern munich leon game um quite obviously but I, I didn't even want to have any other distractions uh, <laughs> on while i cried um but i saw so i just to briefly talk about that uh, leon scraped through and it is a scrape through 2-1 um yeah they had a couple more chances in bayern but bayern are fairly solid uh nothing really troubled them except obviously the two goals that they did score, but Leon's goal that they that they scored at the start was Nikita Paris committing suicide on the pitch. Um <laughs> It is the most violent goal I've ever seen scored, in all honesty. Like, um, she went in for a diving header and got completely fucking cunted out of it by the keeper. Um, she couldn't breathe for a while afterwards. Uh, like, literally, all the air got knocked out of her. Um, but she's from Liverpool, so she was grand. She was fine after a yeah. few minutes. Um, but yeah. Uh, i again, I didn't see I said the goal that Byron scored was a fucking cracker of a free kick um which shows that Leon's kind of defensive kind of set up there like it was a really poor goal to concede from leon's point of view, so that could be something that p s g can bring into the semi final and in the other game, then we had p s g versus arsenal p s g mm. have played two matches um the French Cup semi-final and the French Cup final, which they lost on penalties to Lyon. Um, yeah, this match um, started off a bit weird uh, with the lineups. So, so Jordan Nobbs didn't start. Yeah, I, I was about to. Yeah, oh, s-
0: Yeah, I was, Sorry, to yeah, I was yeah. about to
3: say. Um, what do you think about the issue to not start Nobbs? Because Montemurro is getting a bit of shit about it now. Um, Yeah,
2: so this is where I mentioned where he overthinks the opposition. And it happens with our big matches in the WSL uh, where he will play a team that is set up to defend against the opposition's strengths or what he perceives to be the opposition's strengths and not necessarily to our strengths. So in in this um, situation, in this match, we have... um, his idea was that, well, they are going to bypass the midfield and use the wingers to cross into their two really good forwards. So we are going to put our best wingers out on yeah, this. Played, we, so, play, we
3: played with two out-and-out wingers uh, trying to exploit their fullbacks.
2: But, but <sighs> not, not, not even, um, because um, Bet Mead isn't necessarily an out-and-out winger. Yeah. Like we, we've made the point before that Arsenal's team are very fluid in their positioning, they're very fluid in their possession play. But it's lots of things happening about a minute in the future for me, but uh on this stream. Yeah, carry on, sorry. Um, sorry,
0: about that. carry
2: on. Um you know, so uh first of all, he does uh, what we should have done is overloaded the midfield because where PSG's weakness is is their midfield now saying Formiga is a weakness? Is just sounds like an oxymoron because she's Formiga 40, is one of the best midfielders. She's 43 though in friends. That's that's it. Like she would not be able to run with Jordan Nobbs all day. The way Jordan Nobbs runs is a box-to-box midfielder in the vein of Gerrard. Yeah. Who will just keep running with a motor, or James Milner, who will just keep mm. going no matter what. Um. And that's what, like, that was the first thing. Oh, fucking hell! Yeah, I'm just seeing what's happening <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> that, that, that. When I was putting out my predicted team, I predicted that we'd play Knobs and the likes of Formiga or whoever they bring in. Uh, if they, if Formiga didn't start, they wouldn't be able to keep up with Jordan Knobs and have that mm. as our central attacking point that didn't happen we decided to use the wings and overload their wings and kind of bypass the midfield um but what happened is you don't play your best wingers like we had bet Mead, who despite scoring a goal in the first half i think had a very poor game didn't control possession didn't hold possession well enough made kind of every decision i think she made apart from that goal which was offside but like all her decisions are kind of the wrong one. Like she opted to go infield when she could should have, you know, you know, took, taken it on a run. She, you know, little balls that she tried to slip into Viv in uh, the forwards were completely overhit and things like that. And I get it. The team looked tired and they looked rusty, but there was just some things that could have been done differently. Yeah. But one of the main things is PSG uh, targeted Katie McCabe at left back. And that was painfully obvious right from the start. Now, Kate McCabe has played a fullback for us for the season and a half, I think. Um, She is not a natural uh, defender uh, at all. She is, you know, for Ireland, she's a number 10 or a left winger. Mm -hmm.
0: um, Yeah, left winger,
2: I'd say, yeah. uh, Out of that out of necessity for Arsenal but Arsenal since have bought in Steph Catley who is arguably the best left back in the world (laughs) and he didn't play and you have Danny who is this really strong physical player uh, up against McCabe who is a very strong physical player do not get me wrong Mm -hmm. so I think that could have possibly been the the rationale of Joe putting Katie on because Katie will take a battering for you and she will give a battering back in response. Yeah. Um. But in the end, it was a mistake where she tried to hold the ball up against Diani. Diani gets a toe poke out. Uh, uh, you know, gets the ball away. Valti's kept the caught flat footed, and a superb cross into the box catches um the newly returned Bruna, uh, and she just slots home. But overall i think that was the main issue there was like i think had we gone into the game with a reinforced midfield and kind of used the wings as an occasional option and not our only attacking threat we would have done a lot better yeah but i cannot i cannot say we didn't deserve to lose like i, I can't sit here as a, <laughs> a football pundit uh, of the of sorts to say like oh yeah, we were like you know, we were hard done by the ref shit. Like no, it wasn't the case. Like we were not at the races, we made a lot of mistakes. psg were just
3: Also waiting until the seventy-sixth minute before making any kind of subs, because knobs didn't come on until the seventy-sixth minute. And we're going yeah. like what's she gonna do in fifteen fucking minutes? Yeah. You know, like get her like, on earlier. At, ha- hope-
2: at half time was the time to make that change yeah. because it was painfully obvious from the first half. Now in saying that but uh, when PSG scored their first goal which was uh, scored directly from a corner or Cross came in and Katoto wasn't being mar- like Leah Williamson was marking her in air quotes but I've never seen supplants defending from Leah Williamson like yeah, that like, it's,
3: it's Katoto not... just had to take Katoto just had to take like one step forward and she'd completely yeah. lost Williamson and you're like that's in that's not marking it if all I had to do was take one step you're not marking me
0: <laughs> you know
2: um yeah, like it's not it's unlike her, but again we played four uh Bayern have just won. Uh yes. we played like three or four preseason friendlies against teams of varying uh yes. Like we never got to know the score. But we played newly promoted Aston Villa to the WSL. We played Charlton who are the division below us And we played Bristol City Who are relegation candidates for the season hmm. And they're the teams that we were told about Now I don't know if there was other matches that went on That we haven't been told about But that's not necessarily the competition You want to be playing against To go in to play PSG in a quarter final.
3: Yeah, whereas um, PSG set themselves up With a, you know, cup final game against Lyon You know, <laughs> Which is somewhat better, difference. somewhat better preparation.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, but like, I think that that's genuinely. I think if we had played someone like Man City in a pre-season friendly, a team that we actively hate, um, <laughs> a team that are good of that, height, like you know, we cannot deny that they're a good team. But like if we played someone of a higher caliber, and I know that you know it's COVID and all of this can yeah. be thrown out as excuses but if you want to win the Champions League you're gonna have to fork out and you're gonna have to try a bit better um uh it's frustrating and I was devastated because the likes of Kim Little do not deserve to lose matches and she is just fucking inspirational um oh like she's so good I cannot express how good she is like her touch her she gets the ball and she has no right to win the ball in a foot race against one of the best right backs in the world Uh, she gets a ball holds it up for so long because it's taking forever to anyone to catch up and provide some sort of support for her and Mm. then eventually she gets tired of waiting for Lisa Evans or Bette Need to come close to her so she just whacks it off the defender and gets a corner and then turns around and goes for fuck's sake
1: yeah Um, so out of your in your kind of listen to the analysis there from yourself yeah it seems like you're poison up a Leon Wolfsburg final. Would yeah. that be the right assessment? Yeah,
2: yeah like PSG no, a
1: hell of a final. Yeah,
2: and I and I actually tipped Wolfsburg to to do it. Um, like they were able. That okay. that would be my hot take because um, Leon have they've got the kind of winners mentality. Like like what Pep doesn't have in the Champions League is that like he doesn't have this experience of like. Winning and he doesn't yeah. know they, the same way Pep Guardiola doesn't know how to win in the Champions League, Leon don't know how to lose. Mm. But they showed frailties against Bayern Munich, they showed maybe a bit of complacency in the French League Cup against PSG, allowing it to go to penalties, having to squeeze through on an error from Christine mm. Endler, who, um, who skied her uh, penalty kick into the crossbar. Like um, yeah no I, I, I just pick Wolfsburg uh, I just like I just think uh Harder is just such a fucking amazing footballer uh and Alexandra Pop I remember watching her in the under seventeen World Cup on Eurosport a few like a, a long time ago <laughs> um, and I remember her turning around I was like ha Pop's a funny name. I'm going to keep it. And she ended up being player of the tournament and top goal scorer. And I was like, oh my God, she's going to be unreal, even with her stupid name. And yeah, I was right. So, you know, I called it. You're welcome, Alexandra Pop. I, you know, practically made your career. But... Uh, <laughs> uh, Doubt <Telled> uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know.
0: Uh, no, but
2: like, she, no, she is one of my favourite players. Like hmm. Honestly, I've actually followed her career um, since the under-17 World Cup and I'm not a stalker. But um, <laughs> th- uh, she is one of my favourite players that doesn't play for Arsenal so, or has never even played or even been linked to Arsenal. Well,
0: she um, will sign for Man City next like season.
2: It, that'll probably happen. They've got fucking yeah. Sam Hughes, Rose Revelle oh, at the minute. And
3: Although I will say one thing, from our game against Piercy, Moritz looks like a fucking superb signing. First. oh
2: my god one of my favorite bits right okay there's a couple of kind of you know gifable moments of the match but there's one where maritz fucking clatters the ball off nadim and nadim tries to call it as a psg trope and Moritz uh, uh Marit grabs the ball off her and like squares up to her and nadim like backtracks and she's like fucking out of there but she's after retweeting the gif of Maritz like, squaring up to her and her backing off going, never flinched. And everyone's going, what the fuck, you're backing off? <laughs> you know, like, so quickly, you literally fall over. What do you mean,
3: never flinched? You ran, like, three yards in the opposite direction. Not what? technically a flinch, it in was a flinch. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a like, Critical leg, difference. Yeah.
2: Her legs, like, practically Scooby-Dooed where they levitate off the air, constantly <laughs> spinning before she moves back. Um... Yeah, nah, but, um, she had a, she had a Maurice, great game. Yeah, yeah. Marit looks like a good like a a good um,
1: addition.
0: Mm.
2: Addition to the squad. Um, she can play left or left wing or sorry left back or right back. Uh, yeah, Kate <laughs> McCabe was stuck doing the fucking horrendous job of marking Diani out of it. But um, no, like I feel sorry. I know I was harsh on McCabe earlier on, but she's doing a job um, until she made one like no horrendous mistake and it cost us but if it wasn't her it would have been Williamson because she was also having an off day
0: Mm, yeah exactly
3: it it says something that Moritz was second pretty much in my opinion Moritz was second only to uh, little in our best players that night
2: yeah yeah and Schnatterbeck actually when she came on I thought she did very well um Jen Beattie went off uh, at right Two minutes after halftime, she obviously had an injury going into halftime Um, was probably just seeing how she was getting on. Um, she went off and Shanada Beck came on and I'd say she was feeling hard done by not starting in the first place because she played a lot of our Champions League matches with Quinn as uh, our uh, centre-back pairing. So. Mm. Um, and that is another thing. I feel raging for uh, Louise Quinn and uh, the Hulk who have left the squad despite being uh, the number one choices at centre-back and goalkeeper going into the Champions League so far. Yeah. Um, Quinn actually was playing at the exact same time for Fiorentina, her new club, where she recorded a 4-0 clean sheet. So yeah. uh, she, all, she had a better game. Um, day, probably yeah. enjoyed playing it more than her <laughs> former teammates. Uh, yeah. Uh, we are not in the Champions League anymore. Uh, Arsenal didn't qualify because they finished third in the league, and Ooh, yeah. we have not. The only chance we could get back in was by winning it. So, wait a
3: minute. Thought the WSL isn't the third
2: place going? Nope.
3: No. No.
0: Nope.
2: Sure? They were, They were trying to negotiate it, but no.
3: King. Maybe that next happens. season. Next so, season,
1: I think the coefficients might change for yeah. Like, Sorry, uh, yeah, it's it's
3: next season the coefficients change. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, maybe by next season we'll qualify. But no, not that, not at the minute. And I, you know, I would like to see the team play a bit better uh, in our opening game against Reading next week, uh, mm. where we see the return of Danielle Carter and Emma Mitchell after they have just left. So. Yes. Uh, Emma Mitchell who was the longest standing player in the squad uh, uh, her and Danielle were two of the longest serving players at the squad uh, left and will be straight back uh, on opening that today
1: could be worse They could be for spurs <laughs>
2: oh, yeah to be fair
1: let's think about that way silver lining all right silver lining so, yeah, uh, yeah we will we'll check back on our next podcast, which will be like a Premier League preview, but we'll start, we'll discuss the WSL and the Champions League uh, in that podcast yeah, as well.
2: Because there's, go- there's going to be a lot of gossip surrounding the start, the Women's League with a mm. lot of incoming and outgoings.
0: Yes,
1: I, no doubt. And obviously, with the Ooh. men's game, it'll be the same case too.